listeners, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Be Kind and Listen podcast. This is your host, Jess. Thanks for joining me as we show kindness to others by listening to their stories of heartache and grief. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that some of our subject matter today is a little too much for young children, so you may want to wait and listen to this at a later time if you have young children with you. Today's guest is my friend Elizabeth. She's been married to her husband Beau for 11 years, and they have two kids, Olivia, who is nine, and Beau, who is five. Elizabeth is an ER tech and nurse assistant and lives just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Elizabeth, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you. So my story of beauty and the brokenness actually started almost 30 years ago. I'm 36 now. Uh, My mom was a single mom, raised me from the time she and my father unfortunately divorced when I was three. And I always grew up with a very strong model of uh, watching my mom work very hard for what we had. Didn't oftentimes know a lot of the sacrifices that she made of as I became, you know, of age and got older, I really became appreciative of the things that, um, as a kid, you never recognize are going on. Uh, we hit a point in life where I was so excited. My mom had met a sweet gentleman and his teenage son, and he had proposed, and we, I was super excited that they were going to be getting married, and I was finally going to have a family again. I had often begged my mom when I was going to have more siblings, so very excited that I was going to have an older brother because for some reason I had always wanted a brother and things were going along very well. We were making plans to move and eventually uh, to build a house out on some property that they owned um, on the outskirts of where we were currently living. And things kind of took a turn for the worse. Uh, My mom didn't know what was going on, but At the time, the gentleman that she was engaged to decided to start taking advantage of me when my mom would leave to go to work early and he would offer to help watch me uh, in the summer or, you know, before school and things of that nature and started to sexually abuse me. Uh, I remember that he would always tell me that this was our secret and not to tell. And so I continued forward with that thinking this was something, especially as a child, that I had to do and I had to keep a secret. Unbeknownst to him or actually my mom, his teenage son uh, was also taking advantage of me and was bribing me to do things, uh, to get things that he wanted, sexual favors and advantages. And um, it all finally kind of just came to a boiling point one night uh, my mom was helping me wash my hair. And remember, I was you know very young. I was about six or seven at this time. And I remember that she just kept asking me, Elizabeth, what is wrong? I need you to tell me what is going on. Something is wrong that you're not telling me. And I remember I finally just burst into tears and told her everything that had happened. And I think, um, you know, two of my greatest fears were that I was going to get in trouble because I'd been told to keep this a secret by a grown up. And obviously, you know, many of us are raised to respect our elders. And, you know, the second thing being is that I remember I had this great fear that I was going to get sick because of what had happened to me. Um, because in school, they had started teaching you all the things of, um, you know, that you can 
contract, you know, HIV, AIDS, all of the sexually transmitted diseases, you know, and, and I was so scared that I was going to get sick and die. So the next thing that happened uh, was all a bit of a blur. I think my mom packed our bags in lightning speed. Uh, they were not there at the time when all of that happened and we quickly packed bags and left and were put under police protection. Uh, to keep him from being able to seek us out and uh, try to either apologize or harm us or whatever motives he might have had at that time. Um, fast forward a little bit later, we did decide to take him to court. And I do remember I was very thankful I did not have to testify in front of him. Um, all of my testifying took place in the judges' chambers um, and recorded which I really think being a child, that was very helpful uh, because it was hard to talk about everything that had happened, especially as I was learning as a kid that it was okay for me to talk about what had happened because it was something that should not have happened in the first place. Uh, the judge actually, the judge and my mom actually gave me a choice and let me have a hand in the decision. It was to either, um, that he could go to jail and could be put away and I wouldn't have to worry about it or see him for a long time or that we could also do a program which would get him some therapy, hopefully, and some help and to rebuild his life. Um, I think one of the things my mom had always taught me as an early age, and this is one of the things I was always thankful for at uh, coming to know Christ at such an early age, is that I think even as a child, I wanted them to have an opportunity to, I guess you could even say, find forgiveness that early of an age and to get help. I think most importantly, in my mind, I really wanted to know that they could get help so that this wouldn't happen again to someone else. Um, people often ask me if I've ever seen them or heard from them again or would I desire to, and I'll be very honest that my answer is still no. I I think in my subconscious mind, I very much even try to forget what they look like. I don't want to remember what they look like so that if I were to randomly pass them on the street one day that I, I just wouldn't even know who they were um, because it was just something that was such a difficult point in my life. I've been able to move forward um, in my forgiveness of them over time and even more recently so, I think, in a deeper way. And so, um, to me, it's not important anymore for me to face them face-to-face -face because I know in my heart I've forgiven them and I've hope that they've gotten the help they needed. Uh, both, I know his son was sent to juvenile detention and also was uh, given therapy and life rebuilding skills as well as he did after serving some jail time. And it is my hope and prayer that they have fully recovered and are prayerfully living a life in the Lord. And that's something I'll never know, honestly, and that's okay because the Lord doesn't intend for us to always know everything that happens. So fast forward a few more years and my mom uh, did eventually meet a wonderful Christian guy that did become my father. Uh, no siblings at the mo at that time, but um, things were very different. It was definitely more of the way it should have been. Um, I knew he loved me. I knew he loved my mom and wanted to take care of us. 
And uh, soon after they married, I did finally get that sibling I was hoping for. I got a little brother. Uh, We were 11 years, 17 days, and 15 minutes apart. I remember adding it up because I was so excited to finally get a little brother. And um, the Lord moved us all over the place. My dad had journeyman's license uh, for electrical work. So we moved frequently. And um, along that journey, though, I think the Lord really knew what was coming and those teenage years of what things would bring. And I really started to have a lot of uh, questions. And part of those came as you're coming of age. And I started really understanding even more deeply what had happened to me as a child and um, really feeling like he had stole away my uh, purity that I, you know, so desperately, I think, even wanted to save for one day my future husband. And that brought forth some anger and hurt and um, just some really lovely emotions that come with being a teenager. And I'm very thankful because at the time uh, we had landed in middle Kentucky and had found a wonderful church family, none of which who knew my past and uh, what my mom and I had gone through previously. Uh, but just the Lord knew what he was doing when he put us there and just instantly surrounded us with a beautiful church family, a incredible youth group. And these people, I don't think probably even know today how much they impacted my life in a positive way because I really got to a point um, whereas my relationship continued to grow and I was dealing with the things that all teenagers dealing are dealing with that I realized that I could either let what had happened to me control my heart and control my present and control my future, or I could give it up to God, give the anger, the emotions, the pain to Him, and know and trust that although at that time I wasn't sharing my story because even back, you know, almost uh, 15 years ago, it just wasn't something that was talked about as openly Um, that I could allow the Lord to one day use that to help me and to help others. And the Lord was gracious in that because there did come a time, and actually it wasn't too long ago, where I did start sharing my story. And um, the people that it's impacted have been wonderful, but that didn't come without me having some healing of my own first, uh, which came in the form of my wonderful husband. So I think the Lord knew I was going to need a very special person in my life um, to continue to help me on that journey of healing. And one of the things I never intended on, I I did feel called to do ministry. Um, And actually in college, I dropped my pre-med major that I had originally started with. I wanted to do pediatrics and neonatology to follow a call to do uh, what I could only hope was ministry and mission work one day, Uh, but in kind of a different light. I was planning to go and get my degree in um, church drama and outreach and being able to use music and theater as a form of those outreaches. And it was kind of my secret dream that I was going to travel around to different churches and help them learn how to use those uh, forms of art that I had such a love for to be able to find a unique way to really reach out to people and get down to um, the core and to the heart and really be able to tackle um, life with them in the form of being able to show them 
the Lord and his graciousness in those things. And that didn't happen. Lo and behold, uh, the gentleman I met was studying to be a preacher. So we laugh all the time that I'm not your average preacher's wife. I ended up with a degree in music and theater. And no, I don't play the piano. I'm terrible at playing the piano. (laughs) Everyone always says, well, you're a preacher's wife. Do you play the piano? No, I can sing. I love singing. Um, I always tell people I'm a preacher's wife, a singer. I still do my acting on the side and a mom and now an ER tech and a little bit of a dreamer still. Um, But the Lord knew I was going to need someone really special in my life. And I was very thankful uh, for counseling. Not only did I get counseling when I was little, but my husband and I went through some intensive premarital counseling to encourage us along because although those things had happened um, almost two decades ago, um, I had chosen to continue to save myself for marriage and to save myself for the one that the Lord would uh put aside and wait for me. And I had a wonderful pastor who knew that that was going to probably bring up some memories, some feelings. And uh, he was very gracious and good at walking us through everything and more that a couple getting married would need to know who had had a background um, with sexual abuse. And I learned so much about myself at that time as well, as well as my husband did, is what he could do to help me walk forward and how to respond when we had moments that were difficult to to walk through um, as we moved forward in marriage as a married couple and also then getting ready to do ministry together. Uh, As Jessica said, we have been married 11 years now and this past decade, uh, being married to someone who's doing ministry and getting the privilege of walking alongside him in ministry has really um, given me the opportunity to reach out to a group that I didn't honestly ever know if I would be willing and ready to share my story with. Uh, But about three years ago, um, my husband had taken um, his first church as a senior pastor and was serving uh, bivocationally at a small church in Kentucky, I just really felt the Lord uh, lay on my heart what I knew I needed to do, that it was time to start sharing my story. Uh, And I was blown away at the response I received. Um, As I mentioned earlier, this was something that a lot of people are not comfortable talking about. It's something that a lot of people have a lot of guilt with. They, uh, if it's something that's happened when they're uh, older, it's oftentimes that they feel that there was something that they should have done to stop it, or they're made to feel that it was their fault by the person who uh, sexually assaulted or abused them. And I have found a beautiful opportunity to minister alongside my husband um, in so many ways. Uh, He still preaches full time. And of course, as Jessica said, we're here in Tennessee now, but I've loved the ability to be able to reach out to women from everywhere via platforms such as this and social media. I do now share my testimony along with singing because it's one of my second loves next to my family and the Lord and sharing my testimony in song to encourage women that when this stuff happens that we don't have control over. And honestly, even for those women who have just made choices in their life that they're not proud of, that this does not have to be what defines us. Um, One of my 
verses that we have lived by over these past two years as we have gone through some big changes for our life in ministry and relocation is uh, based in Daniel 3. And it's, if not, he is still good. Because if things don't go the way we think they should or the way we planned and life throws us these curveballs, we have to remember that although the Lord doesn't wish harm for us or hurt for us, that this can always still be used for His glory. A lot of times it's our mindset of how we look at it um, and how we choose to, uh, to really to move forward with what we're dealing with. With Daniel, like I said, that has been such an encouragement to me. Um, another verse that I just constantly have remembered as the Lord has started to allow me to share my testimony a little bit more openly is in Second uh, Samuel and starts in verse 32. And it says, For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge. He has made my way blameless. He has made my feet like the feet of a deer, and he sets me on. He sets me secure on the heights. He trains my hand for war, so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your gentleness has made me great. You gave me a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. And I think that's what's so important to remember is that there are going to be times where what we have dealt with comes back to to fight us and to haunt us. Um, but we have such a firm foundation in the Lord. And there is nothing that we can deal with on this side of heaven here on earth that He can't handle for us. I know a lot of times people say that, well, God won't give you any more than you know, you can handle, but I honestly have always disagreed with that. I really feel like the Lord does give us more than we can handle because it's in those moments, um, in that heartbreak, in that anger, in whatever emotions that what we're dealing with drives up, that it often drives us back into the arms of the Lord. And that those moments of brokenness are really what turns us, turns those broken moments into beauty and almost like a mosaic of grace. Because when you put those broken pieces back together, like you would with broken pieces of tile for a mosaic, it really becomes something beautiful again. And if we can take what we have dealt with and use that to honor and glorify the Lord um, and draw people closer to Him and show people hope, then I think we have done and are continuing to do what the Lord is calling us to do as believers. Elizabeth, I am so thankful the Lord has given you the courage to share your story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. And thank you listeners for taking the time to be kind and listen. Join us next week as Allison shares her story of miscarriage and embryo adoption. <laughs>